Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. movie night listeners we are sitting here about to watch what is in my humble opinion the best of the howling franchise sorry howling one with d wallace apologies to howling two your sister is a werewolf but howling three the marsupials is my shit so i am excited to talk about this ridiculous movie that has the audacity to start off with a parody of the mgn lion growling with the wolf growling, because they are just going all in on this werewolf concept. They also have the audacity to call this a horror movie, when it's really <laughs> just a rom-com with dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking great. It's must-love dogs. But, <laughs> uh, so yeah, the movie starts off with like this weird collection of old footage from like different werewolf sightings, mm-hmm. and it it's like the first like five, ten minutes of this movie is so unimportant. Like, just get me to Australia. I don't need the the like teacher teaching his class with this weird video of a werewolf tied up. Or like the the American government. Although the American government has the one the one back and forth that I had to write down where he goes, Weird shit. I got a weird feeling. And the other guy goes indigestion he goes no fear (laughs) Fear. uh but man i do have a question and look i don't know that much about other countries i'll be the first to admit it did australia have like native american type tribes circa 1905 they're they're aborigines they're yeah australia's first people all the white people in australia were criminals that were sent there by the um by the English. Okay. I find it very, it's, it, it blows my mind that this was actually filmed in Australia. 
Um, <laughs> because I've met people from Australia and I've, I watch a lot of documentaries and I've seen a lot of documentaries on Australia. And this movie seems like the, the research they did was eat at Outback and watch that. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. So there is a fantastic documentary that I highly recommend everybody check out um, from the same guys who did Electric Boogaloo called Not Quite Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And all it's about is Aussie exploitation, which was like these hyper low budget films that were coming out of Australia where they were just like where the first Mad Max came from and like the Howling 2 or uh, the Howling 3, the marsupials. And one of my favorites, Dark Age, about a gigantic crocodile. And I still haven't seen Razorback, but that's also a horror movie about a giant warthog. So like they were just making some crazy shit for like pennies on the dime. And... This is, to me, probably one of the ones that got the, I mean, obviously Mad Max, but one of the ones that got the most, like, exposure just because they decided to tie it into the Howling franchise. But yes, this was definitively made in Australia with with written, directed, and starring Australians. But they, you know, they might be, you. what you might be hearing is them trying to do an American accent yeah, as I one know. of the characters. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure someone on that set was like, "We don't really talk like that." <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's these weird. So the first like couple, there's like these weird scenes. There's a scene where this teacher's talking to the president of the, of oh the United God, States. So weird. But there's like a camera there, and they're addressing the camera, and it makes me wonder if the whole movie's supposed to be a documentary or like what the fuck that scene is. Yeah, it was like a weird breaking the fourth wall that they never acknowledged. Again. The rest of the movie. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah, no, we just have cameras everywhere. Don't worry about it. The guy's like, okay. And he just keeps staring right at the, the camera. President, from that like, stares right at the camera for a good 20 seconds and is like, turn that off. Uh, yeah. So why is the president asking about the Shroud of Turin? Because it has nothing to do with marsupial <laughs> werewolves. But also, you're missing the, the best way to end a class, a college lecture. No class tomorrow. I have to go to Washington. You know, dot, dot, dot. That's where the werewolves are. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, so this, ep, this movie is, it, it's, for me, it takes a little bit to get going, right? You're like slowly building. You're slowly building. You know, there's like, I have the words compact disc written in <laughs> down because someone just screams that for no reason. But then... The the main female lead gets cast in a horror movie. Shapeshifters Part Eight. Yeah, it's fucking off to the races from that point. It's like so good. this movie, this movie gets so absurd. The guy who plays the director is so funny. Yeah. Like playing this like parody of Alfred Hitchcock, and he's just talking about the importance of art. He's like, "What we're making is pure cinema." We're going to break all the boundaries. So in this scene, you're going to be gang raped by four monsters. <laughs> and she's like, okay. She's... <laughs> like it's, it is definitely, I think what makes this movie work. And it's also what the failing of this movie is, is they have no consistency of tone. Like That's whatsoever. Exploitation, though, for sure. Yeah. You know, if, if body melt was as fun as this movie is i would get the hype but this movie, yeah i guess i didn't even think about that body melt ride. is ozploitation yeah well but it's, it is, it's very meta ozploitation whereas this i think that one of the big things about ozploitation is that it kind of knew it was trash and so it's poking fun but it still is trying to tell the story that it is set out to 
tell. Whereas I feel like body melt is way too much wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And it's very of its time where shit's happening and you're like, well, I don't understand the cultural significance of any of these people. And you, when we discussed it, you said, Matt, you said something to the effect of this would be like if the cast of friends did a horror movie. Yeah. Like yeah. Like it was, horror movie. yeah, it was like all comedic sitcom actors in body melt. Yeah. Um, so the part, the, the first part where I, I think I actually messaged you guys at this exact moment where I was like, holy shit, I forgot how much fun this movie is, is when the girl, so the girl's a werewolf. And every time that she sees what the werewolves look on the movie set, she keeps laughing. And she's like, we don't look like that. Yeah, this yeah. is fucking offensive. And the guy's like, well, let me take you to a movie. You've never seen a real horror movie. So let's go. And this fucking werewolf transformation inside the movie with the nurse is so good it's so outrageous but it's not good it's so bad it's good that's what i mean it's like because it's just like here i hope this picks up but like the the basically the mouth is just like, <laughs> like it's just like two pieces of board clapping together in this giant long snout with this fucking tongue just flailing everywhere yeah that movie that movie was called It Came From Uranus. From Uranus. I thought it was, I literally thought that he took her to an adult film. I it thought, was like, I thought it, was it came from Uranus. And, and then it was like this skimpy nurse, like, how are you feeling, patient? <laughs> uh, it's so, it's so good. Like, that might be, that scene, the movie within the movie might be my favorite part in the whole film. No, no it's way for just me. so outrageous. It's up there, but I, I, I got to say the werewolf nuns are my favorite. That, I mean, that's pretty good. No, so they, not, oh, so that's he, not my favorite. We'll get to my favorite part. Sorry. Oh, no. I was going to say, I think I know what your favorite is because we're getting there. Uh, so he goes home. He bangs her. She's like, look, I'm just telling you up front. I'm a werewolf. Just a heads up. Just, you know, you got to let your partners know. And he's like, yeah, whatever, crazy lady. Let's have sex. Yeah. And then while they're laying there, he's like, why does she have a pouch? <laughs> and she. Why is she hairy from the belly button down? Yeah. Just covered in hair. Guys, you just apparently you haven't been <laughs> around the world. You don't know what women are really like. No. <laughs> no, don't try to flip this on me. <laughs> that I don't know what women are really like. He all right, let's let's say for a second that she is a she's unkempt. Do you think it is appropriate <laughs> that after you make love to someone while you're sleeping, they just twirl their fingers in your pubic hair? No. That is <laughs> That is fur. She has fur on her stomach, and he's just twirling his fingers in it. Like, but does he actually notice her pouch, or is he just like he notices the pubes, and then she's like, "Don't take off my shirt." I don't know. Like, I just know that he kind of looks. He looks at it. I think he notices the pouch, and he's like, hey, "Something's going on here." Yeah, he's like, "Whatever." Um, Still had sex, yeah, but doesn't I have? I have a note here. So. So there's all this kind of, like all this different stuff is happening and it's, it's becoming a big deal. I think this is the point where they go and all the to light, the like the strobe lights. Yeah. The strobe it's lights the, the start party. making her. Yeah. She starts like transforming and, and they fuck again while she's transforming. And she's and then, like, don't pull out. <laughs> yeah, don't, I need, I need a child. Um, <laughs> but then this is like the, the international werewolf chain. Everyone starts to know about what's going on, yeah. including the werewolf ballerina from Russia and her, like her manager or whoever delivers the news. And I just wrote down this guy's eyebrows deserve an Oscar. Because, <laughs> so great. Oh my God. His eyebrows emote so much emotion <laughs> as they're like talking. Um, but you know what? Oh, is not- that his scalp is moving? And she goes, "Are you receiving?" 
Yes, yes. She's like mentally sending him messages and his eyebrows are going fucking wild. Uh, and she's like, I can't go out there. I feel like I'm going to transform. And he like looks at her teeth. He's like, there's nothing there. You're going to be fine. But guess what? She she shouldn't have listened to him because we got a we got a lady turn into a werewolf mid ballerina sequence turns into a dog not a werewolf <laughs> not a werewolf uh, there's I, very few werewolves in this yeah movie. no I I do think though that the that the ballerina werewolf is my favorite of the actual were characters in this it's just so silly it's like they had to have they're they're like what are all the jobs werewolves could hold and then. <laughs> So they have like ballerina, nun, actress. It's it's disrespectful to the franchise though, because the Howling is is one of my favorite werewolf movies, and not even because it's that great of a movie, because of for its time how great the the special effects and makeup sure. were. Howling three is not that at all, <laughs> but it wasn't trying uh, to be. Brian, here's here's the thing, Brian. You might not be as well versed in the Howling yeah, franchise as Scott. Holy no, shit, you're not. Let me let me tell you. You watch Howling two. You watch Howling six. The freaks. You watch some of these other sequels. This movie's on. This is the closest we're getting to Howling, the original Howling, yeah. as far as quality transformation. <laughs> yeah, and also I I like werewolves a lot. I find werewolf movies to be pre- like very ponderous or well they're they're slow that's the word that i'm going for and yeah they drag in the center because you know why it's because the the people are like all having moral quandaries about wanting to eat people who fucking cares you're a werewolf you go do your thing that's what i was saying this movie's just all about like yeah motherfucker we turn in the wolves that's what we do but they actually (laughs) well here's the twist the twist isn't that someone turns into a werewolf. It's that they're not werewolves. They're Tasmanian tigers. Yeah. And they're made from bestiality. That is that is how they're made. That is what yeah. this movie decides werewolves are made because the god fucked a wolf. And we are his <laughs> children. Well, no, I think I thought that the that the tiger uh the Tasmanian tiger god had sex with a woman. I thought that he was saying that the the, the bald chubby out the guy from the outback uh, who they grab and they're doing all the tests on. I thought that he when he's doing his exposition, he said something to the effect of that the white man came and poached all the Tasmanian tigers and then the tiger spirit. Uh, yeah, I think there's created. a lot of like yeah, because they're like doing a lot of like praying to the gods of the tigers to like help them transform when they need to transform yeah, and all types of crazy shit. I mean, we can believe that it's, it's bestiality because we see a bestiality scene literally yeah. when they're having their, the sweatiest sex. I think horror movie night has ever endured. <laughs> yeah. Um, so can I tell you the part that made me laugh the hardest? Like I had to pause the movie for a second <laughs> is right after the werewolf ballet, there's a scene in a hospital <laughs> and someone gets thrown off the hospital building. Yes, it's and it is. It is just a dummy falling such a long height with someone overdub with a like, no! <laughs> and then the song starts playing and it's just singing about falling in it's, love. It's, it says, <laughs> don't drop down. Yeah. Wow, there's the ridiculously long body drop. It's fucking hilarious. Oh my God. It is. And it's, it's the fact that because it's a dummy, it is the stiffest body falling from such a great height. And it cuts. I, I, 
could not contain myself. <laughs> I was laughing so loud and so hard. I like so here's the thing. You guys have never hung out with Jonathan London. Jonathan London has this laugh where like when I go to see movies with him in the theaters, I get embarrassed sometimes <laughs> because it's it's like but he laughs at like the inappropriate stuff. So like I remember one of them was we saw this movie Killer Elite which is horrendous. It's the only movie I've ever walked out of because midway through the movie, John just looked at me and he's like, you know, we could do like anything else. (laughs) So we just got up and left. But there's a scene where a character is having a very heartfelt talk and then they get hit by a car and it's supposed to be in a very emotional scene, but that car hits and all you hear in a mostly silent theater is John just going, (laughs) (laughs) so like, that's the laugh that I had going as this body's falling off this hospital. Dude, this, uh, I can't believe you guys love this movie. (laughs) I think that it's because we went into it wanting something bombastic. You, and intellectual <laughs> who has I just <laughs> I just think it's so it's entertaining and I love like That's I love all the fact I care about it. though well, but yeah but it the- is so bad especially like how they they took stereotypes to the fullest in this movie in the sense that they're like all right this is we're gonna make this an authentic Australian movie therefore for sound design did we are do? yeah we're just using a didgeridoo but I like so that. Yeah, But Brian, the other big thing, and I think Scott can back me up on this a little bit, is that you you didn't do the Howling Six, the Freaks episode with us, which I think was a the last werewolf movie we did for the show and b strong contender for the most boring werewolf movie that has ever been made. So like going from that low, this is such a high. (laughs) Does it make it okay? But also here, Brian, you don't understand this important fact. The Howling, the original Howling, has no bearing on the rest of the franchise. I can't say I've watched the entire franchise I dot, 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 yet, <laughs> but I have watched Howling 2, Your Sister's a Werewolf, and um, you just need to watch that movie and you'll understand how great this one is. <laughs> like it, You'll understand our weird Howling shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it, it's got Christopher Lee in it. It's got tons of really stupid werewolf um, – body suits they look like you know those the 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 body suits that they used in cats it's like that it's they look exactly like that and there's like weird half transformed werewolf threesomes and but also sybil danning's boobs are everywhere in the most ridiculous new wave yeah there's just a new wave band that just tours with the werewolves for no explainable reason yeah there's like there and and werewolves um they they have like magic powers and somebody gets his throat fucked by like a, a gargoyle. Um, yeah, dude. It, it, and everybody in town is a werewolf in this Transylvanian town and they are listening and smelling the air while the two Americans fuck. It's as crazy as you can imagine. But Jesus. yeah, it's it's. Howling also, I don't think this was supposed to be a howling movie. I think this was the marsupials, and then they, they came to America. It. And I was like, yeah, throw some howling three on the front of that. I, you could say the same thing about anything in the howling franchise. They really have nothing to do with the original howling. Yeah, no, not at all. But my next note, very genuine, just says, oh, little baby. Oh, my <laughs> so- God. The fucking baby werewolves are adorable. Adorable. 
Yeah, they are very, very cute. And and the mom, Jaboa is her name. Um, I had to write yeah. it down. Jaboa is just like, I'm nom, 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 like munching on the little furry <laughs> fingers. And I'm like, this is this is way too cute for a movie that's supposed to be about murder. It's the only PG-13 Howling movie, which shocking. Um, so That's because there's no titties uh, in it. That's yeah, the only none. Thing. You can have tons of murder, mm. but if you show one female nipple, R. Boom. Uh, so my favorite transformation in the movie, uh, like genuinely where I'm like, okay, they actually like put some time in this is the dude strapped to the chair and they start flashing the lights mm. on him and he's like screaming as he's transforming. That actually like that probably was most of the budget was that scene yeah. I'm willing to bet. Um, but man, it's right after that, that I have the note, man, this second act into the third act really slows down a, a, a little bit too much. Is that when they're doing all the, trying to do the tests and get the exposition of where the, the werewolves, well, the, Marcy yeah, it's the, from. yeah, they like break, they break all the, the guys out of their like laboratory. And then it's just kind of like a chase movie for a bit. And you're just like, okay. Oh, on. that part, the second half, yeah. the second act. Well, that's yeah, actually the like, first okay. half of the third act, I suppose. This movie yeah, has like five pieces. Yeah, you're like, the, but there's no like good things in that third act. But that second act, that's like what you're paying money. For. Yeah, well, uh, the, the best is... you're paying money for the huge marsupial head that comes after the dude in the tent that immediately yeah. gets blown up with a grenade launcher. That's the money maker. <laughs> Not as smart. Yeah. What 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 did he think was going to happen? Was that a suicide? Like, I don't yeah, know. He, like, I wanted he to sacrifice for love. <laughs> like, uh, I do have a no, no, no. Not the not the werewolf suicide. I'm saying the guy oh, who was in a tiny tent that yeah, shot oh, a grenade launcher. <laughs> I don't know if I, if there was something unreal in front of me. I don't think I'd be really using all of my brain power to figure well, out what to do let's, next. Let's think of it this way: you have two options. Option one is to be slowly torn to pieces by a wolf. Option two is just like blow up and you're gone. Uh, Option three is throw a tennis ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! He didn't have one in the woods, Brian. <laughs> That's because he is not a true survivalist. Yeah. So here's the thing about Matt's bad logic here. I don't think that you would get torn to pieces slowly by a marsupial werewolf head that's the size of a car. That thing would chomp you in half and you'd die immediately. So yeah. really, this is just a suicide, like, pact. You know, like, uh, if I'm going out, you're going out. Yeah, okay, that's fair enough. Now, I, th I can't remember if this is right before or right after that explosion, but my favorite character in the movie is the dude that they just called Jacko, who's like the guy the government hired to give him a, a tour of the woods. And he's just like, I ain't going out there. <laughs> he's, just, he's like, you hear that? That's a big ass wolf. I'm 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 staying here. <laughs> He's just very only <laughs> more auspitation movies because your Australian accent is probably your best of your accents. Yeah, oh, you're actually you. better than most of the people in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but what happens is the the one guy who Brian hates, uh the the like the shaman character, um he he I dies. don't hate him. You I hate, hate that his first line. His first line is Good day, mate. Have another shrimp on the barbie. And that's not a bit. That's not like a bit that I'm doing. That is his first line in the movie. And then he says, Forsters, Australia beer. Yeah. Hear your family. Yeah, um, speak San Franciscan. Yeah, dude. And he just, yeah, 
Oh yeah, ton of people here. A couple of guys, a couple of gals. No freaks. Are you an idiot? You're another one of them idiots, aren't you? I hated them. Wow. Oh, man, you guys them. are killing with the Australian accent. I find Australian <laughs> accents very difficult, and I love doing accents. Oh, we. I, I feel like it's the most natural one for me. Maybe that's where yeah. I'm originally from. No, uh, it's because <laughs> my first, uh, my first acting was in my backyard alone, <laughs> recreating a, um, recreating a fucking Reese's commercial, which is how do I eat a Reese's? I take a bite now, and then he throws the Reese's. And then it comes back like a boomerang. He goes, and I saved some for later. Yeah. <laughs> later. Man, you guys <laughs> and are I killing had, it. And uh, we used to do a song. My first band did a song based on the Simpsons episode where the Simpsons go to Australia called Knifey Spoony. <laughs> <laughs> you call that a knife? This is a knife. That's a spoon. I see you've played Knifey Spoony before. Then. <laughs> like, um, but Dude, the Simpsons, man. What a show. What a fucking so, show. So the shaman dies, but his skeleton werewolf comes back to life and attacks people. And man, did I like that scene. Um, but yeah, the movie... The movie slows down, and then, it, like Brian said, the last like 20 minutes just plays out like a romance film. Where they're just yeah. like, we're just going to live among the woods. We cannot... We cannot dare go back to America. And they're like, you know what? We're going to try. We're going to try to go under an assumed name. Like, this will be fine. And then they find out that, like, oh, you know what? Like, turns out werewolves are cool. Like, every, <laughs> everyone's totally fine with it. Um, and then you find out that they're, like, kind of famous and, and things are going well. And that's when we go back to America and our main characters are a famous like director and actress. Mm-hmm. And what Sorry, I Spielberg. Yeah. What I later found out is a very famous drag queen character in Australia is giving away the best actress award. That makes so much m- more sense cuz I was like that I feel like I'm missing it, missing something. Yeah, from he's been playing this character uh, it was originally Aunt Edna, and then it became Dame Edna. But Aunt Edna debuted in 1972. <laughs> and the last time he played the character was in 2016 in the absolutely fabulous movie. So he's been rocking this character for almost, what, 40 years there? Uh, yeah, whatever. Australia's got their own thing, I guess. But... He was the voice of Bruce the Shark in Finding Nemo. <laughs> but, Hello, Bruce. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he's an interesting character. But then she gets her Oscar, and all the lights start going, and then she starts to transform, and then it's like everybody who's a werewolf watching is transforming. Like it is fucking insane how this movie ends, and then it just cuts to the director yelling "cut" at the screen, and then credits. Yeah, real weird. And, and how did the, the how did the director? Well, how did anybody live through the, when the uh, werewolf nuns showed up at uh, at their party? Like, did they just scare them? They didn't eat them. Yeah, I, well, see, that's the thing that I don't fully understand because they don't really address it. Is when they turn into werewolves, do they have free will or are they like just like bloodthirsty killers as soon as they transform? I believe that since it's a sp- supernatural power instead of like a transformation like a you know a, a, an actual 
cryptid type thing that it's just them with powers. They're like mutants, you know? Yeah. They're like the and that's new, why I'm they're like, like that girl in the new mutants, Wolfsbane, who is completely cognizant of when she's a werewolf and when she's not. Yeah. Which to me, I prefer that version of a werewolf because then you don't have to deal with all, like you said, the bullshit of like, oh, I got to kill myself. I just feel so much guilt for what I'm doing. Like, no, it's just like, man, I get to run around. I get to be a wolf. This is fucking dope. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I would ever not be a werewolf. Yeah. If you had total free will, I'd be like, fuck, sign me up. Bite me. (laughs) I want to feel it in my veins. (laughs) Uh, anyone else have any extra notes for Howling 3, the marsupials? President, played by Michael Pate, who was in Walk Like a Dragon with Nobu McCarthy, who was in Pacific Heights with Michael Keaton, who was in Beetlejuice. Nice. Wow, that might have been the longest one. Yeah. I mean, it's Howling 3, set in Australia. I thought for sure you were going to go with the guy who is strapped to the chair because he was in Mad Max, and you could just use oh, Mad yeah. Max and Demel Gibson and then just go crazy (laughs) but uh all right what was your double feature i forgot the only note i even wrote down i only i only made a comment for one thing any trace of beckamaya yet no sir think he fell in love with the russian werewolf was it a female yes well thank christ for that (laughs) oh my god i forgot about that so bad are you a fan of young adult novels have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels then join author eric j brown and Alyssa lube of netflix's the circle every other tuesday on yaok available on all podcasting apps Woo! You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. Anyway, double features. Oh, I guess I, I'm the one that picked the Howling 3, so I'll go first. I feel like that's kind of been the method we've been using lately. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna say, you know what? I already mentioned it once before. Watch Not Quite Hollywood. Get a history of Ozploitation and then dive into the Howling Three of the Marsupials is like a, an entry-level film into this very, very strange genre of cinema. Well, I'm going to go with, uh, I know it's not Australian, but it's close enough. I'm going to go with uh, Dead Alive because it's, you know, New nice. Zealand and it's fun and it's got a, a very similar, very over-the-top tone to it. But if I'm being honest with myself, in real life, if I was just going to do a double feature for myself, I'd watch Howling 2 and 3 back to back. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Brian. So I'm just going to, there's a lot of options to choose from, but I'm going to pick the one that's on my list that I'm going to mention. I I probably mention every quarter, 
maybe less just to get people pumped up from when we actually do it. So I'm going to pair it with werewolves on wheels <laughs> because they're both about werewolves. <laughs> and they're both questionably good. <laughs> yeah. Questionably is the key word there. Yes. And the answer uh, to that questionably is bad. <laughs> All right. So guys around this point, I start telling you and start wrapping it up, but we got to address something next week if you are in the cherry hill new jersey area you owe it to yourself to come to monster mania we are going to have such a good time that whole weekend we're going to be hanging out with our friends from the jersey ghouls we're going to be hanging out with our friends from fright school i found out that unfortunately chris will not be making it up there but we're still going to have a good time. We're going to be hanging out with our friends. I know that like a bunch of the volunteers that have been on this show, our good friends, Dylan. Dylan is super excited to finally meet Scott in person. I've That's all Dylan he keeps before. telling me. Yeah, but I think before he actually appeared on episodes. That's what I mean. Like now that he's oh, hung out and chatted with you, oh, he's yeah. like, I can't wait to like really hang out yeah, with Scott. Yeah, you're right. Because I was trying to think back like, when did when did we do episodes with him? And yeah, I think that it was actually April. Yeah, so like we, you just missed the boat, but like he's ready to. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I, you guys might end up just going up to your rooms at like seven and be like, we're gonna call it. But I'm gonna be partying with the Monster Mania guys. Hopefully, you guys are partying with the Monster Mania guys for a little bit too. We're gonna have a good ass time. the The fucking lineup of guests has this is the best lineup they've ever had. Oh yeah, for real fucking sane like hopefully it doesn't it's not gonna be like the shit show that was last year where there's too many people there and they have to shut down for a few hours it's gonna be but i uh, promise you it's gonna be but it's gonna be worth it it's gonna be a blast but yeah no you're not gonna want to miss this come out hang out i know plenty of listeners who have come out and hung out with us at mania and they can attest that we will sit and fucking talk your ear off if you want us to you're gonna have to walk away from us because we will not stop chatting with you uh and anyway we're talking about the howling that was 1987 thank you so much to me for picking it because it was a great pick i don't care what you guys say and we will be back in the following weeks because we're gonna get prepared for saint patrick's day next week um but, you know, give us a little space to really think about <laughs> what we want to say about St. Patrick's Day. Um, and, and then we'll blast <laughs> off. We'll blast off into a great episode. Uh, and feel free to rate and review and subscribe uh, all over the different types of formatting that we have. Um, I'm just, I'm re- I, It's We've been recording a lot. It's been, it's only been two hours, but it feels like seven. So I'm just going to say rate, review, and subscribe. Visit HMNpodcast.com. Hang out with us at Monster Mania. And stay tuned. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo!
you've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 